Hello everyone, and welcome to another horror review. Uh, this one, I honestly, when I started watching it, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. It's a bit hammy to begin with. Uh, this is Dave Made a Maze. maze. Um, bit of a strange one. Uh, I look like this. Very Squid Games-esque vibe to it, and something else can't put my finger on. But essentially the story is, um, we've got a young couple, 30, like late 20s, 30 sort of thing. Dave's a frustrated artist, uh, well known for never finishing anything. So we start a project and it gets left to the wind. And uh, this is kind of the cycle of his life and he doesn't really do much. So his girlfriend, Anne, goes away for uh, Anne or Annie, one or two. Anyway, uh, she goes away for the weekend. And we're brought in when she comes back. And in fact, we start off with uh, like a mockumentary type thing. So they're almost, uh, it's weird, but um, yeah, they're doing like what you do, what we do in the shadows with Squid Games and like a surreal trippy type thing. Uh, and it actually works. But we start off with him giving like a, an interview. You know, you see him in front of the camera. It's all right. He's sorry for people dying and all and stuff. And I'll be honest, that segment really doesn't do it any justice. Now what it is, is a repeat. It happens later on in the movie. And it's actually in context. It works better. But this snippet to start off with really makes him look like a tosser. And just kind of makes you want to go, Ugh, if that makes sense. Um, but I already had two failed starts. There was another movie I started watching. I just gave up like within the first six minutes. Do you know when you just know that it's going to be awful? Or not for me, you know, I just uh, uh, started one, I gave up, just like, nah, I can't, I can't even struggle through it. So then I tried another one, nah, it wasn't happening. Then I went on to this, <laughs> I saw, sorry, excuse me, <clears throat> every time I stream, <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, yeah, started this one, had the intro, and I was like, oh my god. No, this is going to be terrible. But I'm three movies in <laughs> trying to get something to watch. I may as well stick with it. So she comes back and there's like a cardboard fort built in the middle of their living room in the apartment. Now, even at this, uh, I thought it was going to be like an art house type movie with everyone just coming around the fort and going inside and disappearing. You know that kind of affair just the way it was set up and it was weird because it's wee bits of steam and stuff coming out and uh the sound effects you know of him being inside it but he's deep inside it if that makes sense uh yeah so i was okay i'm trying to think the first part of the movie you have to go through it right go through it until Everyone arrives, and that's where they, they realize these people are all amateur filmmakers, artists, and sort of their friends, like the, the whole camera crew, and they've made loads of like indie movies, and that's kind of their whole group. Sorry, I'm going to drink something here. God, did you hear that? You start streaming, you get a frog in your throat, and you're trying to talk, and all of a sudden, <coughs> really professional. So you kind of have to push through the first bit of the, the first. Uh, Six or seven minutes, you know, first 10 minutes of the movie before it starts going somewhere. 
Oh, and happy uh, Thanksgiving to your good selves and all you guys across the pond. Hope you're enjoying yourselves and your turkey. Um, oh yeah, Saturday uh, is going to be a laugh, laugh. Um, the final uh, episode, is it an episode chapter? And <laughs> forget the candor. I'll share the links uh, later on. Uh, yeah, we'll then guys were five of us together doing crazy stuff online uh tend to be warriors and wizards and dwarfs and elves and all sorts that's it's always good fun but yeah back to this so you've got these guys in fact you probably appreciate it. if you're a sort of creative person or you like to stretch your imagination you can kind of get white like-minded folks uh get together like that because it's uh difficult if you've got that sort of energy about you and you hang around with normies the, you know the sort of the main crowd you just want to watch mainstream tv or sports and that's their life and talk about politics you kind of you feel a bit stunted so it, it makes sense why you've got this sort of cookie weird group of people because if that's your cool mindset that you want to create and express and stuff then you look for people that are the same because then you can bounce off each other so that side of it makes sense. You know, there wasn't like, because I got the impression she was like the long suffering girlfriend putting up with him. But then when you meet the friends and realize they're all get together, and then later on, you realize she's in part of some of the movies they make that she's in it. Um, so that's cool. You can understand them why they're together. It's not one of these uh, unbalanced relationships, even though it's kind of portrayed that at the start. Like I said, the first 10 minutes after, kind of pushed through. Where this really takes off is when they go into the maze and then you realize it's uh, like Labyrinth and the TARDIS, you know, it's uh, bigger on the inside. <clears throat> so what he's done is uh, somehow given life to this maze. Uh, and we see one of the guys sort of nick their finger on the, the wall and actually soaking into the cardboard and almost getting drank. So that was it. Uh, then we go through essentially I'm trying to find first of all trying to find Dave find out where he is and they all start getting off in different segments you realize this thing is just humongous <laughs> and it's done really well this is all there's not one CGI effect even uh, there's like uh, origami birds that attack them and like an origami um, bales and stuff you know I mean they make stuff out of origami and it's animated you know obviously you use strings and that uh yeah so this is all practical effects that's absolutely bloody brilliant that's what i mean once you once you actually get in and they're going through the maze uh this thing is just you know it's just so well done and then they start playing about with uh perception so uh we see a set of table and chairs one steps forward and it's tiny the other guy steps forward and the table's huge and all that kind of stuff and they're stepping through corridors and disappear and come back there's a lot of work has went into the visuality if that makes sense and like i said apart from that, ten, that little snippet of the interview at the start and it just shows how with a bit of editing you can completely change the tone of someone you can change the context of what to say you can change the tone of something you can actually change their personality just using a bit of a, a clip that's why a lot of uh, clickbaiters and so on, you know, uh, people actually don't create anything, just 
uh, leech off others. They'll take somebody else's creation, they'll cut it, and they'll slice it, and they'll edit it, and they'll put it out there as something completely different. But when you watch it in full context, that's why it's always important never just to jump the gun when you see some sort of uh, hyperbolic title. Because even in the space of this movie, and I don't think it was done intentionally, I think it was just the way it was kept at the start, they'll completely give you a false impression of Dave and his personality. But as we get into the movie, and it happens very quickly, it's not like a slow burn, you know, you get in and you realise that Dave is not that guy that you see at the first. <laughs> what he is, is someone who has that, and I get it, because I, I feel that myself, I have that desire, I want to make something, I want something to be out there, long-lasting. Uh, it's not even about adulation from others, it's the putting your effort into creating something tangible and just having it there, you know, I've made something and I've put it into the world. And I can understand that. It's really frustrating if you don't find your right that. And I started off later in life. So I completely empathize with this character. I think that's why uh, I've enjoyed this movie so much. Because I, I totally understand. I was kind of creatively stunted as a, you know, growing up. I just wasn't in the right environment because if you showed any sort of individuality where I grew up, you were hammered. You know, just that was the sort of really, really conformist, reserved uh, society. And, uh, you know, not finding, and if you haven't traditionally been brought up with writers or musicians or artists, you know, if you haven't been around those sort of people the later on in life, you kind of miss out. Uh, not to get preachy and stuff like that, but that's why it's so important that you expose people as young as possible to creativity and you don't just raise them with these stupid things, you know, and let that be their whole experience of the world. Well, you know, I mean, that's how societies, that's how races die. Uh, that's how the human condition comes in the end because if you don't have that spark, uh, it takes the imagination that when we're in huddled in caves, Someone started finger painting on the walls, and that just starts. That's what makes humans uh, this unique type of animal that we are. And you can see it in this movie. You know, it's very. It comes under horror because there are killings, and there's that sense of dread. But it's not graphic. Because when somebody gets, you know, there's booby traps. So it turns out Dave made booby traps in the labyrinth because not that he wanted anybody to go in, but if you're building a labyrinth, then you have to have booby traps. Kind of makes sense. Every labyrinth ever has traps in it. <laughs> so that's the way it was. And he just got to that point where it, he breathed this thing into life and he almost got controlled by it with a need to create. And then as they're going through the maze, it's grown almost by itself because David stopped building because he got lost and turns out he'd been in there for three days. Um, so there you go. Um, what happens then is with a group of, gosh, about 13 people, you know, in a huge group of friends, um, there's two tourists from somewhere. There's a hobo comes in. They brought just off the street because he knows about cardboard apparently. So they just went and got some homeless guy off the street, you know, in the movie sense. 
So you've got this ragtag group of people going through this maze, and then, uh, God, who else right? Right. There's a whole bunch of them, you know, one by one, get dispatched. But when they get dispatched, it's um, in such a creative way. And instead of blood, what you got get is like wool. <laughs> so <laughs> when they're spewing blood, it's actually spewing wool fibers. Um, and then they turn the cardboard and uh, what do you call it? Confetti, you know, <laughs> and it's all done very artsy fartsy. Like I said, it's not normally the sort of movie I would like. It's the sort of movie I'd be bored to tears and switch off. And especially the end, but once you get into this movie, it's actually a lot of fun. And it's actually told with a sort of heartfelt, not blaming anybody. And that's, uh, I'm sick of this demonizing people or blaming somebody or making them out to be the bad guy or bad girl, you know. Um, this is just circumstances. Somebody's finally just so frustrated to not being able to have a creative outlet, they just had to do something. And that's what this essentially is. He had to build it. He just wanted to build it to finish it because he wanted to finish something in his life. You know, and I get it. I genuinely 100% get it. Um, that's what makes this so different. Even um, the guy that plays the director, you know, the movie maker, um, initially he comes off as a bit of a tit because he just wants to, you know, create you know make the documentary but even he softens up you know as in you have sympathy with his, his character because he has that creative urge as well and he wants to document this because that's what he does and he's another one who has this frustration uh what happens there's one scene in particular with a show one of his old movies that's how you know and he's actually physically involved and not just somebody being lead stuff, you know, which could have been the impression at the start, because it turns out Dave's on employee, can't keep a job, his parents help him out, and he knows himself, and usually a lot of people who are like that, you know, bludgeon, uh, not bludgeon, God's sake, um, mooch off others, they're not aware, or they don't actually have any shame, that part of their brain is disconnected, so that they don't see anything wrong with what they're doing, but the main character, Dave, knows that he's not in a good position, that he knows he's not uh, may, uh, contributing, if that makes sense. So this all comes out in this creation of the maze. Now it's, yeah, it's fantastical. It's reality bending. But the, the actual thought behind it and the motivation is pure, which sometimes that's the best horror, you know, in the villain, because there's no real villain in this. Even the maze itself is in the film it's just what it is it's not intentionally trying to kill it's just the fact that it's a maze so it does what a maze does it's got booby traps so booby traps do what booby traps do and that's it and then we'll, we'll get the minotaur thrown in which was fun because obviously if you've got an underground maze uh, stretching for miles then you have to have a minotaur run about because that's just the rules <laughs> i mean there's a like a natural order uh logic to everything and the only trigger booby trap would be step on one and that's it <laughs> except it was this one that uh so one of the one of the things was activated by a trip wire <laughs> you've actually got the trip wire coming up just as the guy's coming up it's going oh when he steps over it oh <laughs> and that was um just the uh, that's why I, th I thought labyrinth you know uh 
very, you know, knowing the bricks started moving or the wee gnomes started moving the bricks and changing the size when uh, she was marking the, her signpost for herself. Um, kind of had that sort of vibe to it, but not smashing over the head, you know. That kind of thing was just very subtle and it's cool. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's a bit of quirky comedy on this, which is a lot of fun. But yeah, all in all, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to spoil it. Obviously, the reason there's such a large group with any of these type of movies because they need cannon fodder, and there was. Uh, one of them becomes part of the maze, and then that's the first time they're actually able to communicate with it. And it's just explaining what it is, and then obviously they have to find out or figure out what to do. Dave's saying, let's finish the maze. They're saying, we'll have to destroy it, and then that whole conversation happens. Then they come up with a plan, and then it's about in that the plan. Then, uh, then we come to the conclusion. And those obviously the videotapes found because it's made. Don't know what's uh, happened, so there are some survivors, of course, and others don't. Which I don't think I'm spoiling anything by uh, telling you. That. But yeah, we'll we'll kind of leave it there. That's that's kind of a review. I was really surprised. I was surprised myself how much I enjoyed this. And it was so lighthearted, but it had the horror elements there. You know, it played the horror elements, but it didn't play it seriously. This isn't a, like torture porn or anything silly like that. You know, it's actually well thought out. And it goes to show you don't need gore. As much as I love gore, as you know, I love a good uh, splatter. <laughs> um, but you don't need gore to tell a horror story, and you don't need everybody at each other's throats. And you don't need the protagonist to be unlikable. Uh, that's that's always one of my complaints about the tropes that if people are getting killed off, they have to make them all unlikable so you don't care about them, which I think is very disingenuous because if you care about the character and you get invested, then the impact of them uh, losing, you know, I mean, losing their life or being dispatched is more impactful. Where if you just have a bunch of wooden planks when you're not. You know I mean you're not caring. Uh, even in a comedy, you know I mean even this is a comedy. It didn't because uh, comedy could be hit and miss. It had comedic elements, but it wasn't like wisecracking, one-liners, that sort of thing. So we didn't have any of that. It was just very subtle comedy, played in the context of the story. I think got a satisfying conclusion. So there you go. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, my thoughts. If you've seen this movie, please let me know what you thought. Uh, I'll put a link in the description, so check it out. Uh, be very interested because I'm trying to find, I say, more obscure, more off the cuff movies than just going for the mainstream. Obviously, we'll talk about mainstream movies as well, as you well know. Uh, but the ones that I'm trying to watch here are just, you know, quirky out there. I'm trying to find those hidden gems that when you're just bored of the same sludge rolled out and the generic stuff that there, you can watch something a bit different. And depending on your mood, there you go, you can enjoy this and see something a wee bit different, still get the horror element, but without it being like in your face. So there you go. Uh, once again, let us know what you think. Do the heavy clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific.